We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. We're going to jump into God's Word now. Last week we began our January series called Contending for Your Faith. And so this week we're jumping into part two of that. And this week's called Malnourished vs. Well-Fed. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into God's Word together. Uh, so Heavenly Father, I pray that you would nourish us deeply with your word right now. We thank you for it. We pray that it would impact our lives, that we would hear it afresh and be shaped by it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in, in Mark chapter 4, after Jesus' baptism, uh, the gospel writer tells us this. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You think? Uh, The tempter, that Satan, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so, if we aren't nourished by God's word, then we'll be malnourished in our faith. And so a key way that we contend for our faith, we're talking about contending for our own faith, a key way that we do that is to ensure that we're being well nourished by God's word. And so if we're not nourished by God's word, we end up emaciated. We've probably all seen those shocking pictures of of people, especially young children who are going through famine or perhaps people who've been prisoners of war whose bodies are just emaciated. That means there's, there's nothing but skin and bones because they haven't had the opportunity to receive the nourishment that their bodies need. And so they're frail uh, and they're weak and they're unwell. And as shocking as those images are, that, that gives us a picture of our faith if we're not well nourished by God's word. Uh, sometimes, though, we, we, we know that we can be well-fed, we can be overweight and still not well-nourished because we, we're not giving our body the things that it needs. And so the same is true of God's Word. We might be fat on God's Word, but not well-nourished because we're not receiving it in a way that deeply nourishes our body. See, unlike uh, the situation with those who are living through famine where, where the issue is a lack of supply of food, for you and I, we don't live in a, in a lack of supply. If you can access this video this morning, you're, you're living in a situation where you can receive God's Word right now. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you've got God's abundant Word for you. You can watch so many videos on the internet. There's so many ways that you can access people talking about God's Word. And so we don't live in a lack of supply, yet... Uh, my fear and my belief is that so many believers today are malnourished to the point of emaciation. And so we need to live feeding on God's word. But it's not a lack of supply. And so, so the question is, what's robbing us of being nourished from God's word? Uh, Jesus, uh, it's recorded in several of the Gospels, but he told a parable that we know as the parable of the sower. And so this parable is about uh, a farmer scattering seed indiscriminately, throwing it everywhere in places that the seed wouldn't normally be thrown, on hard ground, on rocky soil, on on soil that's filled with thorns and thistles, and and on good soil as well. And so this parable is about how we share the gospel and how we should throw God everywhere, even to those that we don't think would receive it. 
but today I want us to put on a, a different set of lenses uh, to look at it differently and, and see it as, as a bit of a guide to those things that rob us from being nourished by God's word even we have, when we have such great access to it. And so we can read Jesus' explanation of this parable in Mark chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 14. And, and so Jesus goes through and, and he tells us uh, what the threats to, to our being nourished by God's word are. And the thing is that the reason we're grabbing at this today is because if we acknowledge these threats, if we're aware of them, then we can contend against them to ensure that we're deeply nourished by God's word, that we're not uh, fat but unfit, we're not emaciated and weak, but that we're well-nourished and healthy as we contend by, for our faith in God's word. Uh, so as Jesus is explaining this parable in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 15, he says, sorry, in 14, he says, The farmer sows the word, that's God's word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. Sorry, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And so Jesus is talking here about Satan's desire to snatch away the seed of God's word before it even has an opportunity to germinate in our lives. He does this in many ways. He does it through distraction, through disruption. He does it through clouding our understanding. He does it through urging us with busyness to move on too quickly. Because the thing is, for a seed to germinate, it needs to penetrate. It needs to go into the soil. It needs to be watered. Ultimately, it simply needs time. And so Satan wants to snatch away God's word before it has that time to germinate. And so the application here is for us to realize that Satan wants to do this. That Satan wants to steal God's word before it even has a chance to bud in our life. And because if we're aware of that and if we realize that he's doing it far more than we realize, we can begin to combat that. We can begin to allow the seed of God's word time to germinate. We can tend to it. We can water it. Uh, we can give it time to penetrate deeply into our hearts as we sit with it. Uh, we can avoid the temptation to move on too quickly. We can combat distraction and disruption if we're simply aware that Satan wants to do this, that his desire is to snatch it away. Jesus goes on and, and he talks about another threat in verse 16 and 17. He says, Others, other people, are like seeds sown on the rocky places. Uh, they hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And so this is seed that's had time to germinate. In fact, Jesus says it's germinated and, and sprouted quite quickly, but it hasn't had opportunity to develop deep roots. And so when pressure is applied, it could be a hot day in terms of a plant, uh, the plant withers. Uh, for a believer, it could be persecution, it could be the troubles of this life. Our, our faith withers if we don't have deep roots. And, and so like germination, roots take time to develop. But this isn't about that. This now is about rocks. This is about things that are blocking and getting in the way of your faith developing deep roots through God's word. Jesus doesn't actually tell us what the rocks are, but, it, but it's anything that gets in the way of your faith getting strong and deep and, and, and well-rooted. And so the application here is simply to be aware and to seek out anything that's getting in the way, 
What are the rocks in your life that are preventing you from developing deep roots into God's word and, and simply go about removing them? As we look across paddocks, often you'll see a pile of rocks that farmers have removed to improve the soil so that they're not getting in the way of an abundant harvest. And so we can follow that example. We can, we can remove the rocks that are in our field, in our heart, in our life that are preventing that, that development of deep roots. But that's not the last threat. Jesus goes on and he tells us about one more threat to God's word developing deep roots in our life. Uh, God's word, sorry, deeply nourishing us in our life. And so in verse 18 and 19, Jesus continues. He says, Still others are like seed sown among thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And so even when the seeds germinated, even when it's been allowed to develop deep roots, even when it's growing, there's still another threat. And that is that the, the fruitfulness, or if we're thinking about nourishment, the capacity for God's word to nourish us is choked out by other things. Faith is there, but it's weak. It's emaciated. It's, it's malnourished because the fruitfulness that can come from God's word has been choked away. What chokes it out? Well, well, Jesus is very clear, unlike the rocks, he's very clear about the things that choke out our faith. It's, it's the worries of this life. It's been worried about the stuff of this life, like clothes, houses, you know, food, the, the things that we need, but worrying about them. Elsewhere, Jesus says, don't worry about that stuff. God cares about it. It's the deceitfulness of wealth. It's, it's the belief that if I just had more money, things would be okay. It's pursuing success through wealth. And it's the desire for other things. The, the desire for anything but Jesus, but God and his word, risks making us malnourished in our faith. Uh, when I think about this, I can't help but think that social media, media, any, anything like that is, is, is such a great portal through which the thorns come in and choke out God's word. It's not that those things are evil in themselves, but, but we really need to be careful in that space. Because it, it chokes us out so much. It chokes out the nourishment of God's word so much. And so the application here is to weed, to prune, to declutter, to de-stress, to simplify, uh, to focus on God's word so that it can flourish, it can nourish, and it can make us strong in faith. Jesus concludes the, the parable with, with what it looks like for God's word to be fruitful. In verse 20, he says, Others, though, are like seed sown on good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. And so the picture that Jesus gives us of, of what his word can do in our life is, is an abundant fruitfulness. And, and so if we're thinking about how God's word nourishes us, then, then we should expect God's word to be deeply nourishing and satisfying and, and making us strong and resilient in our faith. And so I want to encourage you to contend for your faith uh, by being mindful of those uh, threats to being nourished by God's word. And so the big question I want to leave you with to discuss in your church hub, if you're on your own, I want to encourage you uh, not just to forget about it, but to perhaps do some journaling uh, or call a friend and talk about it. But the big question I want to leave you with this week is this. What is one key shift 
that you can make this year to be more nourished by God's word? What is one key shift that you can make this year to be more nourished by God's word? God bless. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.